0: Today is the day with so much to say, a podcast with a purpose just for you. We'll talk about news and everyone's views. Problems and solutions you can choose. Many issues to think about. All those topics that leave you in doubt. Controversial, don't count it out. Let's discuss what's best to do. A special podcast just for you. A special podcast just for you. A special podcast just for you.
1: Welcome everyone and thank you so much for tuning in today. Right from our home a special podcast just for you and just want to let everyone know if you hear some puppers in the background barking That's what we have. We've got six of our furry children and we sure have an amazing relationship with them. Speaking of which, today's topic. Today's topic is going to be all about relationships. What is the meaning of a relationship? What does a relationship mean to you? Something to think about before we begin. What comes to mind? And right now, I'm gonna put Bernie on the spot before we go any further and ask him, what does the word relationship mean to you, Bernie?
0: A relationship is something that should be very, very close. And by close, I mean it's gotta be part of you and it's gotta be sensitive to the person that you have a relationship with. What do you think?
1: I think that makes lots of sense, but except we're gonna change just one poten- one word, and the one word is person. Because oh, you're not right. everyone you're right. yeah. not everyone just has a relationship with a person. Now, not to say, of course, our puppies are not people, they're our puppy people. But the good book says the definition of a relationship is the way in which two or more concepts objects or people are connected or the state of being connected so we can have a relationship with an individual and that relationship can be a parent a friend a co-worker, a sibling, a lover, a brother, a sister, any person, any two people that are somehow connected to one another. But yet, we have relationships with other entities as well. Our animals, whether it be a bird, whether it be a dog, whether it be a cat, it's the way in which we interact with that other entity. It's an emotional feeling and of course it can also be a sexual association between two or more people as well. Now. As we said before, relationships are so, so crucial in one's life because I really cannot imagine how a person can exist no matter where they live, no matter what age they are, no matter what level of education, none of that is pertinent. How can a person live without a relationship of some sort? I don't really know if that's at all possible.
0: I don't think it's possible. Mm -hmm.
1: And I really do feel that relationships begin at conception. And I'm gonna talk a little bit about why I'm saying that and what my take is on that and, of course, want to hear your input, Bernie. Sure. When a woman is bearing a child, whether it be a zygote, whether it be an embryo, whether it be a fetus, she has an entity within her that's a being of sorts and she's connecting to that entity and forming a rapport, forming the beginnings of her emotional feelings, her maternal feelings, whether it be for the first time, whether it be for the 10th time, but she's developing a relationship with that entity. And I really do believe that there is a feeling that that entity must be experiencing because when a human is born, they immediately have a sense of need, a need for security, a need for food, a need for protection, a need for warmth, a need for love. And that need, I believe, and many psychoanalysts, Sigmund Freud we're going to talk a little bit about today, Eric Erickson we're going to talk a little bit about today. So much begins at this very early stage of life, and it lasts and has such an amazing impact for the rest of a person's life as they become a child, as they reach school age, teenage years, young adults, adults, seniors, etc. It all begins right at the get-go, at the very, very initial stages. What do you think about that, Bernie?
0: I agree with you. One thing I would like to point out is that I think every human being, as soon as they're born, has an inert sense of having to survive. Right. It's a connection.
1: A connection that really is innate.
0: So probably that first scream or cry of a baby is also the beginning of the sensation of fear. Where am I? What's going to be? And it's at that moment that they have to feel security. Security from the mother. Whether the mother is nursing it, whether the mother is holding the baby to its body, Mm -hmm. there's a necessity to have security.
1: Right, right. And that's so, so, so valid because no matter what age we are, we all have a necessity to feel secure whether it be feeling secure when you're going to school, whether it be feeling secure in a relationship with a boyfriend or a girlfriend, whether it's a security state at a job, no matter what it is. But I also really think that the security that is also so important is the security that one develops within oneself, and how does that all come about? Yeah, of course, some of that is natural and innate, but it's also very much a learned behavior from our upbringing, and if our needs have been met, and if not, and if the answer is, as a child, we were hungry and we were ignored, or we needed attention and we were denied that, that just doesn't go away. It stays with you no matter what your age is. And I was reading an article in Psychology Today that really states something very, very, very brilliant. Evidence suggests that relationships do begin at infancy, while the fetus is in the womb, while the mother is touching her baby, talking, etc. Evidence suggests that relationships are totally formed during this infancy stage of growth and development. And We have read throughout the years, so many different articles and viewpoints, especially from the father of psychoanalysis, Sigmund Freud. Many people really kind of think Sigmund Freud was a kook. Many people thought his theories were absolutely insane back in the day and also today as well. But I very much remember I was fascinated in college when I was studying nursing part of our curriculum was that we needed to also have a um, specialize in a minor and mine was in psychology and I was fascinated by so many of these psychoanalysts and psychologists and Freud and Eric Erikson were the two that really had a very very special special place in my heart and Sigmund Freud developed a concept called the Oedipus concept and that explains how much it affects people as they get older and what happens is children during the very very early stages of life develop and the theory is all based on this Greek myth in which Oedipus decides that he is in love with his mother, he wants to marry his mother, and he wants to kill off his father because he's developing feelings and emotions of maybe not receiving enough attention from his mother, not liking him seeing the connection between his mom and dad, the jealousy, the feeling of powerlessness, and really wanting to take control. And, you know, it's really so, so true because you'll see In today, 2020, you'll see let's say a lady and her husband walking down the street holding hands and all of a sudden the child comes in between them and starts yelling amongst the two of them wanting to stand in the middle and separate them. or. If you have a mom and dad that are in bed together, how many times has this happened to you? Your child will come in, maybe knock on the door, maybe not, especially if they're that young, they usually won't, and just jump in the bed between the two of you. You ever experienced that, Bernie? Absolutely. You ever do anything like that when you were a kid?
0: Well, my parents, when I was very, very young, I think they had two separate beds. Uh huh. So, but I used to like to go into their room and jump from one bed to the next one. It was more like being on a trampoline. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't really think I did that. I don't Mm -hmm. remember. Mm -hmm.
1: What about you? Did you do
0: anything like
1: that? I have no recollection at all of anything like that. And, you know, my parents didn't really have the best of relationships, so I don't think that that would have been something that, you know, I would have experienced. What about our kids? Do you ever remember either of our kids doing that?
0: Sure. I think so. They would, like, all of a sudden...
1: Jump in the bed?
0: They would be in the bed. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: I remember that, too. Yeah. Usually this occurs, according to Freud, between three and five years old or so, when the child really wants to possess mom or dad and want to dispose of the opposite sex. And so, so, so many emotions begin during this phase of growth and development, as we said, the jealousy, the anger, the control, powerlessness, wanting to know boundaries. And children need to be taught. They need to be cared for in such a very, very comforting way so that they're not feeling rejected, so they're not feeling as though mom or dad doesn't want them next to them or close to them. Because if we push children away and give them that negative feedback, that's going to stay with them forever as well. And that's going to affect the relationship that they have with friends or other family members or spouses or boyfriends and girlfriends.
0: Let me ask you a question, Uh Mindy. This brings up a very interesting point to Mm -hmm. me, and I would think to everybody, that this may be the first time in a relationship between parents and children of when to say no. Right. Or when to say, you have to keep your distance. We need our privacy.
1: Absolutely. Uh,
0: and this could be very stressful mm-hmm. if it's not handled in a, I don't want to say in an intelligent way, in a it, sensitive in a sensi- way. That's the, that's the best word, you're right. Right. In a sensitive way. In a way that will take care of your child's emotions. But can you have your cake and eat it, so to speak? Mm-hmm. Or is there going to be some kind of sacrifice? Right, And there will be. And maybe that sacrifice is what people talk about growing and being s- strengthened to be able to move on in the world.
1: Right, move right. Move on
0: with your life. Mm-hmm.
1: And I think just touching upon that as well is that You know, sexuality is a very, very sensitive topic of conversation to have with a young child. And the most important thing, again, I keep using those words, is that as adults, if we're going to teach our children, whatever it is we're looking to encourage them, or lay down the ground rules, or set an example. We have to be comfortable with that. We have to be comfortable with our own sexuality. We have to be comfortable with the relationship that we have with our significant other, and I am talking from a sexual perspective as well, to be able. I don't believe, and I'm sure Bernie will agree with me, there's nothing wrong at the appropriate age. And again, of course, there has to be limitations. You're not going to engage in any sort of, you know, uh, explicit behavior in front of a child but when the child is ready you'll know and when the child asks you questions you really need to be comfortable in answering those questions because that too can very much set a precedent for the child's future regarding sexuality it actually reminds me of a story. Bernie's going to remember this. A while back, we had a neighbor and the neighbor had a little girl. I'm not really sure how old the little girl was. Maybe how old do you think she was? Four. Bernie, 4 or yeah, 5 four years or five. old. Yeah. And She would come over, you know, we've got our six puppers and your little child sees all the puppies and you get excited and you want to talk and play and engage and all that sort of thing. So the little girl asked me, what was the puppy? I'm pretty sure it was with Samantha. It was the puppy a boy or Uh huh. What is the puppy, a boy or a girl? And I said, she's a girl. So she said, how do you know? And again, you know, this is not my child and I barely know this child, if not at all. Um, Just know from the neighbor that it was the neighbor's daughter. And I kind of felt a little bit on the real awkward side there. You know, here's this child asking pretty much a stranger. How do I know that my puppy is a girl? And I said, well, you know, she's got a female name and she's a girl. And I didn't really know how far to take that. Well, how do you know she's a girl? And she kept asking me that over and over again. So I said, well, she has girl parts. And she said, well, what does that mean? And I just didn't feel that that was my place to answer those questions. So I said, when you go back home, talk to your mommy and ask your mom what that means. And I think that response, even though I wasn't a million percent comfortable with my answer, I would have liked to elaborate if the circumstance was different, but it wasn't and I kind of left an open door where she knew she could take this to the appropriate person to ask a question such as that and I didn't say oh no 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 we don't talk about things like that oh no no that's a dirty subject you know no would never do that let her know it's okay to ask those questions and I think that that's a really good piece of advice for people to be able to feel comfortable listen i want my kids to come and say my kids our kids are 26 and 31 years old now and they still to this day come and talk to us about issues and sexual issues as well and i think that that really sets a precedent for a very comfortable healthy relationship eric erickson is someone else who i just want to touch upon a little bit Eric Erickson um, developed stages of growth and development, and he was a psychologist. And he had a theory that was based on psychosocial development. And the very, very first stage from birth to 18 months is called trust versus mistrust. This is just like Freud's beginning stage as well. And what it says is, if the care the infant is receiving is consistent, predictable, reliable, they're going to develop a sense of trust, which will then take them throughout their life into a positive well-being in relationship as adults. They feel secure, they feel safe, if all their needs were met, as we mentioned before, they're going to have a healthy relationship. And if not, if the child wasn't fed, if the child was ignored, if the child was not pampered, if the child did not know, if I cry, someone will attend to me, they're going to develop a sense of mistrust. Where's that gonna take you? to be a suspicious individual, to be someone who has a tremendous amount of anxiety, a person who simply cannot form a healthy relationship with someone else. Now, we've been talking a lot about the early stages of infancy where it all stems from. And Bernie and I have really experienced, and I think I ISO even more than Bernie, on the social media. We stream full-time and we engage with people that are completely, have complete anonymity We only know them by a username and many of which we have formed relationships with and know by their username, where they live, sort of how old they are, what they do, you know, to that extent. And of course, what kind of music they love to listen to. But on many occasions, when I say many, I'm not going to say on a daily basis, but maybe once every so often, every couple of weeks or so, I'll get someone who says something nasty to me, something rude, something condescending. And from the very beginning of time, when Bernie and I first started streaming, you know, the nurse in me, with all these theories behind me um, from, from way back when, came out and I'd say to them, you know, we call them trolls. What makes a troll a troll? A troll is someone who's seeking negative attention. They're seeking negative attention because they are not receiving positive attention in their life. Where did this all stem from? Early childhood. Not always necessarily infancy, but at some point in time when this child needed to be acknowledged. They weren't, and this stayed with them, whether they're 18, 19, 20, 21 years old now, it doesn't matter. They'll come on and say something negative to me. Maybe I represent a little bit, because I'm an older person, a maternal figure that they were never able to get even with, or to express their feelings and emotions too. So here, I'm completely anonymous. I've got a lot of anger built up in me. I'm gonna let it out on this woman. She can't do anything to me except ban me from her stream. But if I say something really nasty to her, I'm gonna get that female attention that I'm lacking. And that's why, too, people sometimes develop a really hard experience in forming relationships as they get older. So, again, the first step is feeling good about how you feel about yourself. So many times people will say to Bernie on stream, I wish I was just like you. I wish I could just play just like you. And my response to them is always, be proud of who you are. You have your own attributes that Bernie doesn't have. Feel good about who you are. Because if you don't feel good about who you are, then how can you expect someone else will? And how can you expect you will be able to form a trusting, secure relationship with someone else? We all have quirks. We all have insecurities. Perfection does not exist in this universe. Bernie is a real believer in that. But we have to try to work it through and do things that we find help us with our own insecurities. Let me give you an example. I'm what we call an obsessive compulsive cleanaholic. I'm crazy about keeping a clean environment. Where does it come from? My childhood. I grew up in not a very clean, organized home. And over the years, that really had an impact on me. So what do I do? I don't ignore it, I don't fight it, I work through it, and I clean. So if I mop the floors every day, and if I dust the, the island and clean the island in the kitchen five times a day and if I put the dishes away right after I wash it, if that makes me feel good, what's the harm? That's the same thing you need to do. Find out what it is that there's a problem with and figure out a way to help yourself overcome that so that you have a good sense of self-security and self-acknowledgement so that your relationship can be of a more positive nature.
0: Wow, that was really exciting to hear all about the psychodynamics of life, especially in early childhood. There's something that I don't believe was mentioned and This may be an entirely different topic. It may be too long to get into. But it's the problems that people have because society has allowed people, children, young adults, and even adults, who supposedly have the power to defend themselves, to be, and here's the word, abused. There are many, many, many people who are abused in this world. And sometimes there's nothing that they can do about it. The problems are just too devastating. Think about all the children who went to Catholic schools and the priests took sexual advantage of these boys. Or what about young girls who wanted to get into the theater or into modeling and were raped. Uh, And just society allowing the macho kind of personality to scare girls off and make them feel that they are not real women unless they give themselves up sexually. So there's a lot of, Problems, But we can't, in, we can't go back and say t- that we're going to cure all of these problems. Sometimes, I believe it was Freud who said that, well, if you go into dreaming and psychotherapy, you can remember the problems and then f- see the reality and face it and realize that you're not guilty of it and you can overcome it. But that's a pretty tough thing to do. So my point is that I believe society, government, and when I speak of society, I think it has to do with the role of government. And in today's day and age, especially right now, with the coronavirus, with COVID-19 taking its toll on everybody, there is something that's positive coming out of it. The realization that we all must work together for health. Not just physical health, but mental health for everybody as well. And that things are not going to change the way they can unless the government realizes that we cannot be silent and we have to stand up to have Things in place, whether it be in the educational aspects in their schools or counselors, but people have to be aware. People have to know that there are people in trouble and they have to be helped as well. What do you think, Mindy?
1: I absolutely agree. And I think when something just a little light bulb went on in my mind when you were talking about government. And yesterday, I watched an episode, I don't think Bernie was with me at the time, of um, CNN. And there was a person that was speaking, person who is the leader of our country, the President of the United States,
0: Donald Trump?
1: Uh Uh-huh. And he was calling names very unnecessary, unwarranted. The leader of our country name-calling his opponent. And Anderson Cooper was mortified. And I love this man so much because he's not afraid to show his emotions. Bernie and I have spoken about that numerous times. And he said, you know, he is very much a very, very little man. A little man who in stature, in size, is big, tall, husky, large frame but very, very, very small inside, in the heart, in the spirit, and in the soul. And a person who is a leader of a country, to go and do something like that, to set such a negative example, is merely showing, hey, you know what? I've got to prove myself because my needs of trust, my needs of acknowledgement, my needs were never met as a child. So now I'm going to behave this way and everyone's going to look at me and everyone's going to ooh and ah, and everyone's going to talk about me. And I don't care if it's negative attention that I receive or positive attention, I'm in the limelight. And that's not where a person should be. Doesn't matter if you work in a store. Doesn't matter if you're a teacher. Doesn't matter if you're a handyman. Doesn't matter if you're a college professor. And it doesn't matter if you're the president. Of the country. You need to set a positive example for the young, for the middle aged, for seniors, for the world. And to be a person who can truly do something like that and fulfill a mission such as this, you need to be able to establish trusting, wholesome relationships for the right reasons, not a relationship. A relationship isn't one way. A relationship is not just to feed your own sense of self and your own needs. A relationship is wanting to do good for others. A relationship is wanting to give and to benefit another person or entity, not to be self-absorbed. I don't think I can say much more than that.
0: Uh, there's so much to speak about. When we're, if we're going to start talking about President Trump?
1: No. I just wanted to bring up that no matter what your status in life is, no matter where you are and what you do, if your needs were not met, you will not be able to form a relationship that's conducive to everyone.
0: And I think a lot of this has to do with the place that, not just American society is in, but world society is in. You know, they say, make America great again. And I'm saying, stop talking about do what's improving the past or try to make things like the past. Don't go backwards. Go forwards. I didn't say that too well, did I? But you know what I mean. Go forwards. That's, to me, Make America Great Again is just a slogan to appeal to people's prejudices and to people's sense of racism. And there is so much going on where people are not educated the way they should be. The Department of Education is a total waste in so many ways because what is the purpose of education? Listen, I was a teacher and I always believed that you want to instill in children moral values. You see children fighting with each other. Every teacher sees children who don't get along with each other and how do they deal with it? Well, some of them deal with it. You better shut up and sit in your place or you're going to get suspended. That's the major way things are dealt with, which is a real big mistake in the sense that it will solve the problem. Yeah, you get rid of the child, you get the child put away, you get a person in prison who does something wrong. But this whole system, we have to start looking at life in a different way, we have to get what we call, and this is the word that I love so much, paradigm. We have to understand what is that paradigm. It means a way of looking at things in a different light, it's looking at the way things are and saying, we accept these ways. Is this the correct way to live? We need a new paradigm. I've seen so many children in many ways verbally abused by teachers and principals. I had a principal once and every single time that a child would be running in the school, he would grab that child by the the shirt and say, Sonny, get over here. And everybody was in fear. And this whole idea of fearing somebody, fearing the adult, that sucks. There's something wrong about that. There's something wrong about all these people, and they don't mean harm, because they believe that what they're saying is good. I know people who said, well, my father hit me, I got a good smack, I got a good spanking, and if it was good enough for me, it's good enough for my children too. I don't believe it's good at all. I don't think you're teaching, you're getting to the root of a problem, and the root of the problem is that the child has to feel the love and respect. And with this president, I mean, you can just quote somebody who was on a, on the beach and say, "Well, why should I wear a mask if the president doesn't wear a mask? Why should I?" Uh, I don't think there's any more that has to be said.
1: So you need to be kind to yourself. You need to do for yourself. You need to be able to look in the mirror, see what you see. And if you don't like what you see, at least the first step is acknowledging it. Acknowledge a change needs to be made figure out, whether it be independently or with others, what you can do to make that change. And it's a process. We learn every day. Nothing happens overnight. Relationships take years and years and years to formulate. And you have to be good and accepting of one another in order for that to take place because a relationship can never be one-sided it has to be a mutual goal bernie and i hope you enjoyed listening to today's podcast everyone again we thank you so much for joining us we very much would appreciate If you could leave us a message, leave your name, or you can pick a name at random, give us your opinions, your thoughts, suggestions for other topics that you might be interested in, and we are always here to listen. Podcast with a purpose. See you next week.
0: See you next week.